Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. All right, let's head to my hometown of Pasadena. Hello, John. How you doing over there? Doing great. How about you? Doing well. I did a real smart thing uh, about 10 years ago. I changed the surface... <clears throat> Some of my walls to Venetian plaster. Now I don't like it. Is there an easy answer for that? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, I told you it was. <laughs> how how rough of how rough of a plaster did you put on there? It's pretty smooth. I smoothed it out really well. Okay. Too well. And and what would you like to do with it? Well, in the perfect world, I'd like to retexture it or at least repaint it. I'm changing the colors. Okay. Uh, repainting it is, is shouldn't be any big deal. Uh, if you want to retexture it, what I, what I would suggest is you skim coat it first. And in order to do that, all you do is take sheetrock mud, mix a little bit wa of water in it, and you can use a heavy nap paint roller to roll it on the walls. And a wide okay. sheetrock knife to drag it smooth, and you okay. just built your, you just built yourself a new surface. Now you can do whatever you want with it. Uh, you can, if you're going to texture it, spray the texture on, then primer it, paint it, and you're done. Oh, so it's not that complicated. No. Uh, when you first said it, I was I, what I was picturing in my mind was something that was pretty coarse, like. Uh, a hand troweled uh, uh, stucco or something, but yeah, if, if it's a, a semi-smooth finish, you can skim coat it and you'll be good to go. Perfect. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jim. You bet. Take care. Again, 713-212-5874. That's 713 713-212-5874. Uh, I'm going to hold off jumping into the next call because I know we're getting ready to take a break for news, traffic, weather, all that kind of stuff. So here's, here's what I'll tell you. When you want to retexture walls, that step I just went through, you can use that if you've got wallpaper on the wall. If it's a true paper wallpaper, you can skim coat it, texture it, and ready to go. So don't be you know, uh, afraid that you guys peel all that paper off. Now, if it's vinyl, yeah, you're going to be peeling it off. And if you got some of that old aluminum stuff, ooh, yeah, that's got to come off as well. But once you've peeled it off, you can skim coat that as well. Joe, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Thank you for taking my call, and I appreciate your show. Thank you. I, uh, I have a roofing question. Uh, in the back of my house, there's a there's a large den. Uh, it must be 40 by 40 feet. And on the roof, I can see the shingles kind of kind of dipping a little bit. And I don't know what to do. I know it's not a roofing problem. It's a, uh, it's a uh, frame problem. Right. Uh, uh, in, inside the house, there's no, there's no columns or anything to, to support that roof. So... Uh, that's my question. I just don't know what to do at this point. I'm okay. getting ready to get the, the shingles replaced, but I need to address the uh, that sagging uh, that sagging problem before I get the uh, new shingles. Are there any walls in that area? 
Yes. Okay. So it, it'll true. be it'll be fairly easy then to go in the attic, and they can jack that section of the roof up, or or you can, and then just add some bracing down above where the walls are. To yeah, support there, it. There's no there's no attic there in that section. Ah, there's no attic. Okay. It's a two-story house. Uh huh. And and the second story, then it the then it, it it slows down pretty pretty steep. And there's no there's no attic in that section of the of the roof. Okay, so it, the, it's it's uh, like a cathedral, where the the roof deck and and your and your uh, ceiling are all on the same two bys. Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. If that's the case, they use two bys that just plain weren't heavy dude heavy enough for the span. In other words, they might have used a two by eight and it should have been a two ten, or they used a two by ten and it should have been a two by twelve. And it's not spanning, and so it's sagging. And yeah. your choices are going to be this, and none of, none of these are real good. Uh, one, and this is probably the hardest one, is to take those out and put the right size in. That's a pretty major redo. Yeah, the, really. Yeah, the other like is to run a beam inside. Uh, literally, you can push the ceiling up, and if you run a beam across that ceiling in the room, and in a lot of cases, you can make that a decorative-type beam and add support that way. And then your third choice is to leave it, depending on how bad it is. Yeah, yeah. Can I get someone to inspect it and, and tell me how bad it is? Or Absolutely. Get, get Deaver's Engineering out there. I appreciate your help, sir. You bet. Take care. Again, again, we enjoy your show. Thank you. I appreciate that. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Albert, you doing all right today? Yes, I am. Thank you, Jim. I have a an old house. It's 110 years old. And uh, upstairs, the bathroom and laundry area, it's about a uh, 12 by 9 room and it slopes to the center of the house where the stairwell is um, and it goes to about an inch maybe three quarters to an inch and so I want to level it because I want to put tile in the bathroom and so I was not sure if I should put plywood down on a portion where it's deep um, and then go on top of that with the uh, um, surface leveling underlayment. Um, what do you think? Is it sloping because the floors have sagged, or is it out of level? It's out of level, yeah. The, everything is relatively new. Uh, it's about four years old, I would I would guess. Uh, okay. But, you know, the joists are 16-inch on center. They're 2 by 12s And so it's not a structural issue. I think it was just the way that the the guys did it when they uh, when they did the the framing there, um, okay. but it was already existing, so they just you know did repairs. So, um, right. yeah. Okay, so if if as much leveling that as can be done has been done, you know, with with that big a gap, they do make floor levelers that you can put down, uh, or you can actually use a mud base under the tile, especially in an older home like that. So you mm-hmm. could put the plywood if you wanted to fill up some of the gap, but if anything moves a little bit, 
that plywood could cause a a crack along that joint where it's going to be. So okay, I personally I, I would, would use a mud base. Okay, I, I was planning on putting a uh, decoupling uh, membrane there um, okay. to avoid that. Uh, what do you think about those? I mean, I know people put um, is a hardy board or Duroc or something, uh, and then the tile. Um, right. But uh, that, that I think, also would, would, would do what you're saying. It would move with the plywood, whereas the decoupling, uh, the detrust stuff, for example, I guess would, is more immune to that or mitigates it anyway. Well, it, it helps, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the... Uh, yeah, I got no issue with, with doing that in order to help it. Uh, it's just a matter of filling that gap in and what's going to be a, a bigger pain to do. Cut the plywood and put it in or just float it out with mud. Oh, yeah, just floating it out and um, leveling it that way would, would be would be the easiest for me. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the the big you thing you got to make sure of is you've got a thick enough base on there to begin with. And by that, I mean typically on the second floor, newer homes only have three-quarters of an inch plywood. And you want no, to no, have a it, minimum of an inch and a quarter. Yeah. Oh, well, it's not an inch and a quarter. It's one and one-eighth plywood, ah. not OSB board. Yeah. Yeah. So is, is that you good know, by time You know, by time you put the mud and everything on it, yeah, you're good enough with that. Okay, that's all I uh, need. Thank you. You bet. Take care. We're going to talk with uh, Lee in Sharpstown. Hey, I got a, I got a more of a how big of a pit in my end question for you here. Okay. About four years ago, we bought a house in Sharpstown, um, you know, built in 61. Uh, love the house, love the look, and it was a recent redo. But after living there for about four years, we found out that uh, – the prior owners were definitely a fan of round because any corner they could find, they cut it. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. And so I'm, one of the questions is the shower. Uh, we have a master bath shower that's oversized and beautiful, you know, big, huge tile shower, glass doors, room for four, wonderful shower. And about six to nine months in, I noticed that the carpet in the bedroom opposite the shower and opposite the spigot side, you know, as far from the spigot as you can get, was wet. I uh, pulled up the carpet, dried everything out, thought everything was fine, but I've been just really reluctant to tackle the shower because are we basically going to have to tear out the entire shower and all the walls and treat everything for mold? Or how big of a tr- problem are we in? Or is there someone that can tell us how big of a problem we're in? Uh, because I don't finance anything. I pay ca- yeah. cash or I don't buy it. I wait. You really won't know until you tear into it. In general, I would say you probably don't need to tear everything out because I'm betting that it's in the shower pan. So you'll probably end up taking the floor out and about uh, six to eight inches up the wall, wherever there happens to be a joint in the tile, uh, repair the pan and everything and put it back together again. Okay, so just... As far as kicking money in a pile, how much money do you think I need in a pile before I start? Oh, well, are you going to hire somebody or are you going to do it yourself? Um, I'm handy, but I know my limitations, and I don't want to go through this again, so I'm probably going to hire somebody. <laughs> I would. It's going to be somewhere probably two to 3000 okay. at worst. 
at worst. You may get it done for as little as $1,200. Uh, it, it depends on what the, the tile materials you want to go back with. You know, especially if if you can get something that is is uh, the same as what you've got already, that will really hold the cost down. The number I'm giving you is if they got to gut the shower and retile the whole thing. Okay. But if they're just doing the bottom six inches on the floor, we're probably talking more like twelve, fifteen hundred. Yeah. And what about in the walls? Do I need to be worried about mold and and other nasty? You you do if they you know. But the the key thing that you said was it's the opposite side of the shower faucets and stuff. And so that's the reason yeah. it's kind of a giveaway that it's going to be in the shower pan. And if that's the case, you probably won't have any issues with mold and stuff. Cool. Well, that's actually some good news. Thank you. You bet. You have a great afternoon. Mary, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Thank you. Uh, we have a, a set of double doors on our workshop, and the workshop faces north. And when it rains, it rains underneath that door because the door's open to the inside. Is there anything we can do to prevent that? Do you have any type of cover over that doorway yet? No. That's really what you're going to have to do. Uh, double doors that way, French doors, and all of the, the doubles that way are notorious for leaking like that. Uh, because it's such a wide opening, and what happens is water hits the ground, splashes up, and it just kind of gets up underneath there. Now, there are some strips and things you can try, but traditionally it, it requires some type of cover to keep the hard rain from just splashing up down in front of the door. It wouldn't hurt help to take those doors off and turn them around <clears throat> so they open to the outside? No. Okay. All right. Uh, and all a, a, a normal a normal door does open to the inside. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all I needed to know. All right. Thank Take you. care, Mary. I appreciate it. Uh huh. Bye bye. Bye bye. And you know, I know they make some strips that you can put on the on the doors and all that stuff. But traditionally, I have not seen those do well to to hold the water out. So. Uh, the best thing I have seen is, like I said, to put a cover over that. This is Jeff out of Benbrook, New Home Builder Structures Warranty. My new home is approaching 10 years old, March of 21. I know I have a 10-year structural warranty on the house. Shall I hire a home inspector to come inspect the house for any structure defects before the warranty runs out? Honestly, if you had to hire somebody to look at it to try to figure out if there's anything going on, you probably don't have a structural defect. If you're having a structural defect, you're typically going to see cracks in the sheetrock, doors out of alignment, or a tilt to the house. Because uh, a lot of newer homes are built with what's called a uh, waffle slab, and it's very rigid, and the whole house can tilt but you would normally feel it and see it in some areas. So uh, I would probably tend to say if you're not seeing any issues anywhere, you don't have any issues. And I would 
not spend the money for a, an inspector to come in. Now, that's not to say down the road you won't have a problem. Most homes start seeing an issue at about 18 years. And so, you know, if it's not properly maintained and things, uh, yes, you're still subject to have a structural problem. And typically what they're talking about in a structural problem is going to be foundation problems. Now, can you have a framing issue? Absolutely. But same thing, it should be showing cracks and things like that if that's what's going on. So again, unless you're seeing something that's concerning you, I wouldn't make the call and spend the money. Finding a drainage leak under the slab. And he says, I had a foundation work, and they said that there was a leak under the slab in the drainage. And I needed to have someone look at it. I am concerned about the cost. Well, you're right to be concerned about the cost. Uh, a leak can be something very inexpensive or something that could be very expensive to repair. And the unfortunate thing is when you're hiring, hiring a foundation company, you need to be looking at their warranties prior to hiring them because there's some of these companies who are using the tactic of they'll level the foundation, then they're going to do a static test, and if it shows a leak, they're telling you that your warranty is not valid until the leak is fixed and you only have 30 days. And if you don't have it fixed in that 30 days, your warranty is voided. Well, if you'd have looked at the warranty ahead of time, you probably would have caught that. So what's involved in the leak? If it's an older home, uh, usually something built in the mid-70s or earlier, you're dealing with cast iron pipes. Those are the ones that are notorious for leaking because they've been deteriorating over the years. And a lot of times, you're looking at replacing the entire drain system. Uh, now, when you start looking at the PVC, a lot of times it's just an isolated spot that has a break. And the cost difference is, is, is substantial. I mean, to, to repair just a single break in a PVC line could be as little as, you know, five $600. By the time you dig the hole, repair it, close it up, and all that stuff. When you start getting into replacing entire sewer systems under a home, hey, you could be talking anywhere from $4,500 to on up. And it all depends on the size of the home and, you know, how many fixtures and how many feet of pipe and tunnel and stuff has to be done. It doesn't necessarily have to be replaced directly under the home if the bathrooms are and uh, old washing machines and things like that are on outside walls, you can do what's called a through wall, take the pipes outside, down in the ground, and reroute it around the home instead of digging all the tunnel and, and all the expense of that. But it's still expensive. So my first thing is, how do you address this? Well, the static test is done first to see if there's a leak. Then you do what's called an isolation and that's where you literally isolate different sections of the pipe to find out exactly where the leaks are, and then you can put a bid together. And that's really what's involved in, in uh, looking to repair it. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.